Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. So good to be with you. To think that we are less than a week away from Christmas is just just thrilling, huh? If we really live the liturgical year and um, walk with our Lord through it and truly anticipate um, His coming, His first coming, and then His second coming, um, it's very, very thrilling. If we just say, oh, it's Christmas and it's a good time for giving gifts and all of that, it's a wonderful time indeed. But to truly, truly live the year, to truly take your children through it, to truly let them experience the expectation of the Messiah, maybe even the way the Jewish people did. It's a very thrilling life that we live. And the fourth Sunday of heaven, the, of heaven, the fourth Sunday of Advent began with the Rorate Celli, um, very, very special Mass on Saturday morning. Uh, Rorate Celli dropped down dew from heaven, uh, the scriptures say, and it's a very, very beautiful Mass just before sunset. And that day, which is the 17th this past Saturday, began what is called the O Antiphons. And it's O, um, it's actually all the verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And the church celebrates that uh, actually uh, each day with an O Antiphon in reverse. And so um, it is, it begins with Oh, 07, oh, oh, 07, listen to me, Mom, I'm ahead of myself. It's the seven antiphons, uh, the seven O antiphons. They're also called the greater antiphons or major antiphons. They're prayers that come from the breveries Vespers during the octave before Christmas Eve, a time which is called the Golden Nights, the eight days. These are, we are in the octave before Christmas Eve, and when Christmas comes, we will have another octave where every day is a holy day. Each of the antiphons begins with an O and addresses Jesus with a unique title which comes from the prophecies of Isaiah and Micah and whose initials, when read backwards, from an acrostic for the Latin, Aero Cross, which means tomorrow I come. Those titles for Christ are Sapientia, <clears throat> meaning O Wisdom, Adonai, Lord, hold on now, Radix, Jesse, um, Clavis, David, Oriens, Rex, Gentium, and Emmanuel. These glorious titles, every single one is a prophecy of our Lord from the, um, from the Old Testament. Uh, we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and in order, it's Emmanuel, and then Rex, king of the Gentiles, then Oriens, then Clavis, then Radix, and Adonai, and Sapientia. Backwards, S-A-R-C-O-R-E, backwards, spells in Latin, arrow cross, which means tomorrow I come. Very exciting. 
Sapiencia is the word for wisdom, and we celebrated that on Saturday. And straight from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 11 says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of fortitude, the Spirit of knowledge and of godliness. And he shall be filled with the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge according to the sight of the eyes, nor reprove according to the hearing of the ears. And Isaiah also says in chapter 28, This also has come forth from the Lord God of hosts to make his counsel wonderful and magnify his justice. Most of us are familiar with Isaiah 11 because that spirit, the spirits that are poured down upon our youth at the time of their confirmation, sapientia, O wisdom, is what our Lord uh, what is what we prayed this past Saturday on the 17th, the first O Antiphon, and then yesterday, O Adonai, which means Lord, Lord of Israel. Isaiah says, he shall judge the poor with justice and shall reprove with equity the meek of the earth, and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked, and justice shall be the girdle of his loins, and faith the girdle of his reins. And later on in chapter 33 of Isaiah, um, God writes, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. O Adonai, O Lord of Israel, and then today, Radix, Jesse, the root of Jesse. Oh, Radix, Jesse, the root of Jesse. Isaiah says, there shall come forth a rod out of the root of Jesse, and a flower shall rise up out of his root. Also, Isaiah in chapter 11 continues, in that day, the root of Jesse, who standeth for an ensign of the people, him the Gentiles shall beseech, and his sepulcher shall be glorious. Micah says, Now shalt thou be laid waste, O daughter of the robber. They have laid siege against us. With a rod they shall strike the cheek of the judge of Israel. And Paul wrote to the Romans, For I say that Christ Jesus was minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers but that the Gentiles ought to glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore will I confess to thee, O Lord, Adonai, will I confess to thee, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and will sing to thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and magnify him, all ye people. And again Isaiah saith, And this is quoted by Paul in Romans 15. There shall be a root out of Jesse, and he that shall rise up to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope and in the power of the Holy Ghost. He is the root of Jesse, who shall be the king of all the nations, The book of Revelation, the Apocalypse says, I saw, John writes, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and without, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book 
and to loose the seals thereof. And no man was able, neither in heaven nor on earth, nor under the earth, to open the book, nor to look on it. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open the book, nor to see it. And one of the ancients said to me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals that thereof. So, Saturday, O Sapientia, O Wisdom. Sunday, O Adonai, Lord of Israel. And today, Radix Jesse, the root of Jesse. And tomorrow, beloved, is Clavis David, the king of David. Clavis, key of David. In Hebrew, David. And I, Isaiah says, will lay the key of the house of David upon his shoulder, and he shall open, and none shall shut. And he shall shut, and none shall open. Isaiah said, for a child is born to us, and a son is given to us, and the government is upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, God the Mighty, the Father of the world to come, the Prince of Peace. The key of David shall be all of that. And who is the key of David? He's our Lord. Who is the root of Jesse? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is Adonai, the Lord of Israel? Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, who is Sapientia. It is wisdom. And then the day after tomorrow, which will be Wednesday, O Orients, Orients, dawn, day spring, radiant. The people that walked in darkness, Isaiah said, have seen a great light. To them that dwelt in the region of the shadow of death, light is risen. Malachi writes, for behold, the day shall come kindled and kindles as, as a furnace and all the proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble and the day that cometh shall set them on fire, saith the Lord of hosts. It shall not leave them root nor branch, but unto you that fear my name, the son of justice shall arise and health in his wings and you shall go forth and shall leap like calves of the herd, and you shall tread down the wicked when they shall be ashes under the sole of your feet in the day that I doeth, saith the Lord of hosts. And Thursday, Rex Gentium, the king of all nations, the king of the Gentiles. And all of Isaiah speaks of that as well. Beloved, there's the music for our first break. Um, we just have uh, two more titles of our Lord. Um, uh, we are on Thursday and then Friday and then Christmas Eve and then Christmas. This is the most glorious time of year. If you have a manger scene set up, that's okay. But the baby should not be in the, the uh, manger until Christmas Eve, until he truly comes. If you have him in the manger, take him out and hide him. And your children say, where did Jesus go? And you'll say, well, he hasn't come yet. Teach them so that they can get excited about Christmas Eve, about our Lord's coming, about God himself appearing as a little baby. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Don't go away.
Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. Catholic radio has just been a lifesaver for me. I start my day with it. I listen to it all day long as much as I can. There's always people calling in with people who've lost children, and I love everyone has to say and the advice of the Catholic Church and how to deal with suffering. It has given me the strength to get through the day and to get out of bed each morning. I am very grateful for it. Catholic Radio to me has been very informative on my religion. It has informed me of many things that I wasn't aware of or should have been aware of, and I've enjoyed it very much listening to it. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. I think we have to go into prayer knowing that we're being contested for. Oh, yes. Uh, if we didn't have guardian angels guarding us, we would we would be uh, suckers and losers infallibly to uh, immensely superior forces. Uh, the devil's terrified of prayer. The Catholic Current, 5 p.m. Eastern, from the Station of the Cross and on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live, and we are so grateful to God to be here. We're doing terrifically and are so happy to be with you. And we are going through the seven antiphons, each of them a prophecy of the Old Testament based mostly on Isaiah, but many other scriptures as well. And it is the titles, the title of our Lord, and the, the uh, O antiphons go from the 17th, of December to the 24th, beginning this past Saturday with Sapientia, O Wisdom, Adonai, O Lord, Radix, Jesse, the Root of Jesse, Clavis David, um, the Key of David, Oriens is the East, the Gentiles, um, no, the East, where the Messiah is going to come from the East, Rex Gentium, um, King of the Gentiles, and Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And we've just gone through the scriptures for uh, for O Sapientia, O Wisdom, Adonai, Lord of Israel, Radix Jesse, the Root of Jesse, um, Clavis David, the Key of David, Oriens, which means Radiant, Dawn, Day spring, uh, Rex Gentium is the king of all nations, the king of the Gentiles. The word Gentiles means nations. There's two people in the world, Jews and Gentiles. The Jews, the people that God formed beginning with Abraham, but 
uh, being called, called Hebrews, but from Judah on, that's where the name Jew, Jews comes from. Um, they are the people of God set apart from the nations, from the Gentiles. So all the people of the world are the nations, Gentiles, except that people which God separated from them, beginning with Abraham, to form a people for himself. So there's Jew and Gentile all through Scripture, Jew and Gentile, which the Apostle Paul says the middle wall of division has been taken down between Jew and Gentile and all are one in Christ. And then finally, Emmanuel, God with us. So today, let me just see. So now, um, if we go back... um, Saturday, we began on the 17th, Sapiencia. Yesterday, Adonai, the Lord. Um, today, Radix Jesse, the root of Jesse. And tomorrow will be Clavis David, the key of David. And then um, Wednesday, O Orions, uh, Dawn, Day Spring. And Thursday, Rex Gentium, King of all nations, King of the Gentiles, one and the same. And then Friday, Emmanuel, God with us. And Saturday, um, <coughs> excuse me, Saturday will be Christmas Eve. Um, and all of these antiphons are prayed at Vespers. Vespers each evening follows the Jewish day. Vespers is the beginning of the next day. So when we pray tonight, um, let's see, we prayed Adonai yesterday, so today is Radix Jesse, the root of Jesse, will be at Vespers tonight. That covers tomorrow until tomorrow night at Vespers. Um, Kalavis David, Davi, the key of David. So um, we're on the king of all nations. Um, Let me see now. No, no, we're on Orients. Uh, yes, the radiant dawn, the day spring. Isaiah wrote, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. To them that dwelt in the region of the shadow of death, light is risen. Malachi says, Behold, the day shall come kindled as a furnace, and all the proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. Now this is speaking of his second coming. And the day that cometh shall set them on fire, saith the Lord of hosts. It shall not leave them root nor branch, but unto you that fear my name. The son of justice shall arise, and health in his wings. You shall go forth, and shall leap like calves of the herd. We read this just before the break. And you shall tread down the wicked, when they shall be ashes under the sole of your feet in the day that I do Do this, saith the Lord of hosts. And then Rex Gentium, king of all nations or king of the Gentiles. Isaiah says his empire shall be multiplied. There shall be no end of peace. He shall sit upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to establish it and strengthen it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And he shall judge the Gentiles and rebuke many people. And they shall turn their swords into plowshares and their spears into sickles. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they be exercised anymore. To war, And when Paul says the middle line 
of partition, of division between Jew and Gentile shall be broken down because the Messiah is the Lord of all, Jew and Gentile, all worshiping the same God who came through the Jews for the Jews and for the entire world. He is the only God. He is the triune God, one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who sent his son into the world. And to believe in him is to believe in the Messiah of Israel, who is the savior of the world. Because the middle wall of partition is broken down, do Jews stop becoming Jews and Gentiles stop becoming Gentiles, meaning the nations? No, they remain so. When a husband and wife get married, they're man and woman, and the two become one flesh. Does that mean they stop being man and woman? Absolutely not. But the two are united and become one flesh through the witness of their child. And the same thing, Jew and Gentile become one in Christ, one in the Savior. They remain Jew and Gentile. They they don't have different gods, but they have one faith, the faith of Israel fulfilled in the Messiah, which is the Catholic Church. And finally, Emmanuel. O come, Emmanuel. We know it. O come, O come, Emmanuel. I won't sing to you. I'll spare you. But you know all of these titles by that song. And Isaiah said, and it means God with us. E-L is the word for God. And at the end of many words, when you see E-L, all the, um, all the angels, St. Michael, A-E-L, Raphael, Gabriel, they are angels of God. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore, The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Many people, the Jewish people, often argue that verse. It doesn't mean virgin, it means young maiden. That's fine with me. She was a young maiden as well. But the fact is that she bore a son whose name would be God with us. And Matthew affirms that in his first chapter. He quotes Isaiah and uh, that Jesus is the Lord. He is truly God with us, interpreted by the Bible itself through, through Matthew. Very, very beloved, very wonderful. Um, so each antiphon is prayed each evening at Vespers, around sunset normally. And families can make up their own ceremonies using the antiphons and scripture by singing or listening to sacred music, especially the song, O Emmanuel, adding to their Jesse trees, etc. Whatever you do, I'm, looking, I'm reading from the Fish Eater site. Fish Eaters, funny name, but very Catholic. Um, whatever you do, set the scene, as you should with all Catholic family devotions. Burn incense, lower the lights, light candles, use sacred music at appropriate times, meaningful symbols, etc., what we do in our religious community, we have an Advent wreath, and um, each Sunday we light the next candle, which we continue to light throughout the week at dinner, and we pray um, the scriptures uh, for the new week of Advent and his new title, to pray the O Antiphons as they are prayed in the Divine Office, begin with the Antiphons, then pray the Magnificat, and then repeat the Antiphons. So at the Vespers, um, we pray the Antiphon, then we pray the entire Magnificat found in Luke chapter 1, 
prayed by our Blessed Mother, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And you pray that entire thing every night with your family um, before dinner and then the antiphon after that, or you could pray it at the dinner table. Um, it would be wonderful if one parent can chant or at least read the antiphons in Latin with the second parent reading them in the vernacular afterwards, if that's possible. Another option is to add a Christmas novena that incorporates the O antiphons. Um, and the novena would begin on December 16th. If you go to Fish Eaters, you will see all the antiphons and the music in Latin, and you'll be able to pr- click on something that you can play it, and you can hear it played. Um, just go to Fish. Let me see if this will work. Um, let me just see. I think I've got it off. Hold on a minute. Where is the where is the sound? Hold on a second. Oh, the sound is off. Let me try it again. I don't know if it'll come through the mic, but let me try it again. Hold on. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm praying now in Latin. The um, the antiphon. Sapiencia. Okay, I'm going to stop it and pray you, uh, play you the one for Emmanuel, which is um, on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Hold on. O Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and here it is in Latin. stopping it so we don't pray the, play the whole thing and take up the whole program. But if you'd like to learn it, it's very, very beautiful. Just go to Fish Eaters, go to the, just type in O Antiphons, and you'll get everything, including the Latin, the notes, and you'll be able to hear it. So if you don't even know it to say it, you could play it for your family, and it reads Emmanuel. Our King and our Lawgiver, Longing of the Gentiles, yea, and salvation thereof, come to save us, O Lord our God. Oh, beloved, if you've not done this all your life and you're just starting, you're going to enter in to the most magnificent treasure, and you're going to discover a Catholic faith that you have been largely robbed of and begin to know the beauty of what our God has done in forming his church which is the people of Israel and the whole world fulfilled in Israel's Messiah. That's your heritage. He's your God. This is your season. This is your life and celebration. Don't be robbed of it. 
by the Christmas malls and, and, and Jingle Bells and Rudolph. Nothing wrong with all those things. But don't lose the true meaning of Christmas for your family. We'll be right back after the break, and we'll take your calls and emails. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 19th. Today we celebrate Blessed Pope Urban V. In 1362, the man elected Pope declined the office. When the cardinals could not find another person among them for that important office, they turned to a relative stranger, the holy person we honor today. The new Pope Urban V proved to be a wise choice. A Benedictine monk and canon lawyer, he was deeply spiritual and brilliant. He lived simply and modestly, which did not always earn him friends among clergymen who had become used to comfort and privilege. Still, he pressed for reform and saw to the restoration of churches and monasteries. Except for a brief period, he spent most of his eight years as Pope living away from Rome at Avignon, seat of the papacy from 1309 until shortly after his death. He came close but was not able to achieve one of his biggest goals, reuniting Eastern and Western churches. As Pope, Urban continued to follow the Benedictine rule. Shortly before his death in 1370, he asked to be moved from the papal palace to the nearby home of his brother so he could say goodbye to the ordinary people he had so often helped. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Uh, started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing Mass, and then it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I feel like I'm whole again. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to get to heaven. Our, our lives are rich and full by being members of the church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. This is our half hour together, and I'm thrilled for it. Our lines are wide open for you to call in at any time and with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the You can still text for another month. We can receive your texts after that, or even now. You can leave a message on Facebook. We have an email from Sherry who says, Mother, my daughter is 25 and will not shave her legs. She says she's not going to conform to society and a mandate people put into practice. She's a good woman of God. Is this acceptable? Yes. She's, she can do what she wishes. Um, you know, in today's world, it's considered feminine to shave, for a woman to shave her hair, but in various uh, areas. But um, I, I don't know. I can't tell you what the Blessed Mother did. I can tell you we don't know because her dresses were down to her ankles. So that's what I suggest. I don't think it matters if a woman shaves her legs, but um, 
I know most do, but I don't know that that's an issue. But it is modest if she wears long skirts, whether she shaves her legs or not. She's certainly able to make her own choice on that um, and accept whatever response she receives. Uh, We have an email from Robert who writes, Mother, recently I heard you say that Catholics should not go to restaurants on Sunday. However, my spiritual director and the catechism of the Catholic Church say this is okay. Please comment. God bless you, Robert. Robert, I wish you would have included the uh, comment uh, from the catechism of the Catholic Church that says it's okay to go to restaurants on Sunday. I'm not aware of the catechism talking about restaurants at all. But I could be wrong. I'm just not aware of it. Um, well, the church may say it's okay, and your spiritual director may say it's okay, but it's quite selfish. Um, because it's supposed to be a day to honor God and a day of worship. And you don't worship God by going out to a restaurant. You have fellowship, you have family time, but it's not a time of worship. Um, time eating around a family table, saying prayers, laughing, having fun together. That's worship. But to go to a restaurant, you are demanding others do not keep a day of worship. You are not working to make other people work and serve you. I think it's not only a very bad witness for Catholics, but it is uh, selfish that You want people to serve you on Sunday so that you could take the day off and worship God in a restaurant. I think that's very, very poor. I think it's absolutely wrong and very, very selfish. A totally bad witness. We have an email from Gary who says, Dear Mother, I am a lifelong Catholic, 76 years old. Yes, I was raised Catholic by my wonderful parents, but I was made Catholic by the wonderful sisters of St. Joseph in Catholic schools. That's not correct. You were made Catholic through your baptism, which your wonderful parents made sure happened. And then you were brought deeply to understand and love the faith through the sisters of St. Joseph. Blessed be God for them. Gary writes, The good sisters taught me so much more than reading, writing, and arithmetic. I wish that were the case today. Because of them, I know what it is to love the church. By the wonder, um, let me see, to love the church, the Latin Mass, and the Eucharist. Blessed be God. For one, I was taught by them that no one, and I mean no one, dare touch a consecrated host but the priest. That is 100% correct. You were taught rightly. No one, and I mean no one, dare cross into the sanctuary but the priest and the servers. Again, that is correct. It was not so much our parish priest, but rather the nuns that taught me to love the church. I had the back of my head thumped more than once by the good nun for not kneeling up straight at Mass. Well, blessed be God for them. Mother, I could write pages to you about heart sick I am about the direction the church has taken. I know I'm with you. But I beg you here to just answer a couple of troubling questions, please. I am, dear mother, a lost sheep within the Catholic Church. Well, sweetheart, um, if you are in the Catholic Church and you still believe you're not a lost sheep, you are a hurting, troubled sheep within the Catholic Church, but you're not lost. Gary writes, is attending Novus Ordo Mass living the faith? I'm going to answer you sentence by sentence here. I haven't read your whole email. 
It is. The church has said it's valid. The mass is valid. But you're going to live less than the faith than you were taught, less of the faith that you were taught, and you're going to experience greater reverence. Gary says, I think not. Doing so is just an acknowledgement that we are of the world. It is in part that, yes. Watching person after person take, take communion in the hand makes my heart explode, and not in a good way. I cannot take part in this. I want to walk with Jesus and not on him. Good statement. I also wonder in this world today <clears throat> why a confessional line is not ten times longer than a communion line. I cannot attend the Novus Ordo Mass. My parish priest tells me I'm headed to hell because of my absence from Sunday Mass. What must I do, Mother? Gary, you must find a Latin Mass. You must find a Latin Mass. You are not excused from Mass because it's Novus Ordo. You need to ask the priest. You need to ask God to help you close your eyes, block your ears, not pay attention to what's going on around you. But you must go up and receive our Lord, and you can kneel and receive him on the tongue. The, the priest is not allowed by canon law to refuse you. He may ask you to wait be the last one on the line so you don't quote unquote hold up the line by kneeling it's just insane but you can still receive him and unless you can find a latin parish gary you need to go gary says also i pray the rosary daily is five decades what our blessed mother wants or does she ask for 15 a day just five she asks that you pray um the day's mysteries which are five decades um Every day, 50 beads with the five Our Fathers. I want what she wants. She simply asks us to pray the rosary each day, and she's given us the mysteries for each day. So um, pray five mysteries each day, five decades each day to pray a complete mystery. Uh, you're welcome to pray 15. You're welcome to pray all rosaries a day. I'm not aware. I know many people that do it. It's a good and holy thing to do. No question about it, to pray all 15 mysteries, five in the morning, five at noon, and five in the evening, perhaps. It's a good thing to do. I don't know that Our Lady has required it. He says, please re replies, I'm truly lost. Gary, don't be lost, sweetheart. You are in the true church of God. Find out wherever you live if there's any way whatsoever. Let's see, it doesn't say, you don't say where you're from. Um find out if you can get to a Latin Mass, even if it's only on Sunday. You don't have to go weekdays, you know that, but you must be there on Sunday. So if you have to drive two hours, do it. Um, if you cannot, uh, go to your Novus Auto Mass, sit where it's the least distracting for you, um, and uh, close your eyes and Go ahead and receive our Lord because the Mass is valid and it's truly our Lord, Gary, and you must receive him. If you are troubled at that uh, Novus Auto Mass, think of the agony our Lord is going through by being handled by all kinds of lay people, unconsecrated hands, and being trampled on parcels. Think about his uh, agony. So join him there and join him in his agony to console him. Um, Jim from Pennsylvania. Hello, dear brother. Hello, Mother Mary. It's out of my pocket. Hello, Say it Mother again. Mary. Hi, dear. I'm, I'm here. I have you in my pocket. Okay. Okay, here's the question I have for you, Mother. Um, we have a priest that's 
is sick. I mean, he, he celebrates the Mass with a mask on, but he doesn't distribute communion. So the de- there's a deacon that, that distributes communion sometimes if he's there, or it'll be a Eucharistic minister. So since since I'm so influenced by you, I guess, in the Latin Mass community, I uh, restrain from taking it from the deacon, although mm-hmm. he's a good deacon. Mm-hmm. So I just... Now, is the priest uh, sick where germs are involved? Is that why he won't distribute communion? Yeah, he thinks he, he, he'll, he'll give a cold to people. He has uh-huh. a bad cold. Well, you can tell him that we don't mind. Uh, we would still rather receive the Blessed Sacrament and not worry about it. Um, I would tell him that. I would get together with a few parrot few of the parishioners and go to him and say, Father, um, we understand you're wearing the mask to not spread germs, but we would rather receive from your hands um, because you wash your hands prior to mass. Um, They are consecrated. Uh, You, in the part of the liturgy, as you have holy water poured over them as as part of the remission of, of sins and all of that, and we would rather receive uh, the Eucharist from your hands, we, even with your cold. So I would go with a bunch of people and beg him to do that. Well, let me say, Mother Miriam, I'm the only one that feels that way. I mean, the other ones just take it uh, either on the lips, like on the tongue, or, or in the hand. But I'm the only one that is impartial, that, that feels Are you sure? Like that. Are yeah. you sure? Are there other people that receive on the tongue? Yeah. Why don't you talk to those people? Huh? Why well, they, you t- I mean, they, they take it on the tongue, so they obviously don't have this prejudice that I have against the deacon. Well, no, that's okay. It's, it's, it's not a prejudice. It's a matter of what is right and holy. Um, if you don't know anyone that might feel as you do, I would go and talk to the priest personally with no one around and say, Father... Um, it hurts some of us, and you don't know who else, but you, you're spe- you said, I'm just speaking alone. I don't know how many others may feel this way, but um, you, your hands alone are consecrated, and your hands alone, the church should, should touch the Eucharist. Um, you wash them before Mass. If, if your hands can touch our Lord with your cold, then your hands could touch the host and put him on our tongue. Yeah, but I, I, I know that he he is a big Vatican II fan. You know, he doesn't like the Latin Mass at all. So he'll he'll just say the deacon has has the authority to distribute it. If you don't well, like it, well... Well, might- okay, let him answer you that way. But say, just very respectfully, don't argue, don't teach him. Just say, Father... If he responds that way, say, Father, I know Vatican II has allowed it. I'm not fighting you against that, but I'm, I'm, I'm just asking if you personally could uh, serve me the Eucharist. Okay. And Thank if he you. refuses, if he refuses, try to find another church if you can. No, no, I just, I just, I mean, we have another priest that's on, they alternate days, you know, so I'll just miss it the days that he's. And he won't be sick forever, you know, his cold will, will subside. Well, that's fine. Day. I would still tell him, Father, if you're, you're okay to touch our Lord, I beg you to touch my tongue. It's not a problem. All right. 
tell us, say, Father, if it's true that I'll get your cold, I'm willing to get your cold for you to serve me, our blessed Lord, through your consecrated hands. Say that to him kindly as a sheep with a heart full of love. And if he won't accommodate you, you'll always receive through the other priest. And if, again, it bothers you, um, and it should, uh, then during the time he's sick, you can find another parish. So I, I, um, I understand that you don't want to receive, but, um, but that's, that's a real suffering for you as well. So I'm just trying to help you find ways around it. Thank you, Mother Mary. All right, sweetheart. Your heart is good, Jim. All right, God bless you, sweetheart. And there's our last break, dear ones, um, and we'll be right back after the break. Don't go away. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes. Still time for you to call in, if you wish, with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at <clears throat> We have an email from Sandra who writes, I was a practicing Catholic born in 1953 until I was in my late 20s. In 1983, after four years of marriage, my Catholic husband left me for another. We divorced, and he quickly applied for a Catholic annulment so that he could remarry. I believe he misrepresented the truth to attain the annulment. Nonetheless, it was done, and I wandered from the faith. Okay, we need to leave that alone. If it was done, um, it's done. Ten years later, I remarried a non-Catholic man who has been a wonderful husband for 30 years. Three years ago, I began a journey back to the church, blessed be God, and have fully embraced the faith and found it rewarding and a wonderful daily routine of prayer, devotion, and the sacraments. Here is my conundrum. My husband, she writes, is completely supportive of my return to Catholicism, and I am trying to share the faith with him as much as possible, but he is not interested in becoming Catholic. He is 82 years old. I am 70 years old. I have confessed this situation to my local priest, received absolution, and have been receiving communion at Mass. But I am now reading different opinions on this situation that suggest I should not be receiving communion. No, if you have confessed your error and uh, the fact that you are now returning to your faith and and you want to practice it, and you've gone to confession, and your husband is supportive. I know your age, but that doesn't necessarily determine whether a man and woman live as brother and sister. But as long as you live as brother and sister and are not intimate, you can return to communion. But you must live as brother and sister. She says, what is the truth? What should I do? Should I consider myself unable to receive communion? No. As long as you have gone to confession and you live as brother and sister, you can receive communion. She writes, Sandra writes, I do not wish to live the faith in error. I have received so much grace and strength from my faith, but I am unwilling to offend my beloved Savior by continuing to receive him while not in a state of grace. Again, as long And she says, please help me to discover what is the correct course. As long as you have gone to confession and you're not in mortal sin and you have, which if you've been forgiven, you are not, um, and you live as brother and sister, you are able to receive communion. Um, Blessed be God that your husband is supportive. Um, And it's never too late for him to come home to the faith as well through your love and through your witness. We have an email from Naomi who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm an isolated convert in England. I'm going to say most converts in England are isolated today. I'm an isolated convert in England. Should I send my sons, the eldest is age four and very bright, to a secular or to an Anglican school? I cannot stay at home because my husband works for his sister who pays him pocket money only. He is sight impaired, will not get a different job, and is an Anglican Freemason. Well, that's a contradiction. Um, 
If you're a Freemason, you are in a society that is fully satanic. Uh, to be an Anglican and a Freemason, or Catholic and a Freemason, or Christian, or of any uh, Christian faith, so-called, and be a Freemason is a total contradiction. The Freemasons are satanic. However, she says, when my son is old enough to be on his own, he might be able to stay home and learn there instead of secondary school, as the secondary schools here are, of course, all full of wokery. I teach him the faith at home. Good. Both schools are run by the government. Oh, dear. And in, well, it's England, so they are Anglican. Both schools are run by the government, and in neither school are the teachers Christian. My goodness. But one teaches religion because it is inspected by the local Anglican diocese, that is, Christianity as a vague moral guidance. I think it may be less confusing to explain to my sons that most people do not know God rather than explain that the people at school say they're Christian but do not actually know God's law. I agree with you 100%, Naomi. Better to send them to a secular school than a so-called Christian school that contradicts Christianity. She writes, I will have to explain this anyway at some point due to the Anglicans, that is, grandmothers, her aunt who is a priestess, and uncles, and Freemasons in the family who think they are Christian, such as the grandfather, father, and uncle, that he will meet. Any advice is welcome. Thank you, Naomi. I think you're doing the right thing, Naomi. Send your sons to a secular school so they know it's secular, it's not of God, and um, and continue to teach them at home. It's very, very, very important. And you can teach them through their faith and go through everything they learn as much as possible um, at home so that you can counter that um, and try to take what they learn in the secular school rather than don't speak against it, teach them truth truth through it. Acts chapter 17 is a a good example. Apostle Paul came upon some soldiers who were worshiping the unknown God. He didn't say you're practicing idolatry. He said, let me tell you who that unknown God is. And he brought them to Christ. That's what we need to do. So whatever they learn in secular school, um, you know, as I did in high school, your parents told you about God, but there is no God. Uh, we had the God Thor, and all of, now we know through science what causes the sound of thunder, so we don't need Thor anymore, and God is a catch-all for what we don't know yet. So we can talk about that and say that, no, science is discovering God, uh, and, and um, uh, we may understand what causes thunder, but our error is an uneliminating God. It's an understanding that God made the heavens and the earth. We're learning about him through thunder, not eliminating him. So we, we can take as much as we can take of what they come home with um, and say, okay, now let me teach it to you from God's perspective and we'll set it right. See, try to do that. So, um, so you're, doing, you're doing well. Teach him at home. And again, live the faith at home through your love, through your example, not criticism, not anger. Uh, they will become 
they will learn what it is to be Catholic. We have an email from Harrison who writes, um, Dear Mother Miriam, I hope you are well. I am, Harrison. Thank you. I want to email you to seek your advice on how to deal with my eldest son. He is 23 and after graduating from college, moved far from home, about 600 miles, to live by himself. The problem is that he is an out and active homosexual and is carrying on a relationship with another man he met after moving. I'm so sorry, Harrison. He says, I'm concerned as well that he has left the Catholic faith. Well, he has and stopped attending Mass. He can't be in that relationship and still be Catholic. He's turned from God. He's in mortal sin, though he has not openly told us that. We raised Dell. He's in grave sin. I can't tell you he's in mortal sin because I don't know the state of his heart and the um, condition of his knowledge. Um, he says, we raised him in a Catholic household, sending him to Catholic elementary and middle school, briefly to a Catholic high school, um, uh, uh, before he ran away from there. And he attended a Catholic college, Benedictine and Atchison, my goodness. We attended Mass with him weekly when he was a child and a teenager and continued to when he was home throughout college. Oh, dear. It's terrible that I have to interrupt your email. Um, But we will begin, uh, Harrison, uh, first with your email tomorrow. As soon as we start with emails, we will reread yours right from the beginning and, and see what we can do to assist. God bless you. God bless you all. Celebrate every single night with your children. Um, the O Antiphons this week. Don't miss it. Prepare for the coming of the King of the Jews this coming Saturday Eve. See you tomorrow.